In Louisiana, Walmart employees' theft scheme finally comes to an end some $35,000 later. Nice. In Texas, a deranged man kills six people and injures two police officers in a series of shootings throughout the day. And we have an update on Chris Christie's niece and her airport temper tantrum. Finally. And Mike's going to bring you all that. These stories and more coming at you today, Friday, December 8th on Real Life Real Crime Daily. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Happy Friday, boys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, wasn't so Thursday, we, we forgot to mention it on the episode, would have been the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Yes. Right. The date that will live in infamy. Infamy. Right. So, yeah, well, we haven't been good about that lately. We, because I've got, you know what the problem is? I've got this day in history uh, uh, emails that I get, but it's always for that date, and we're always recording for the next date or yeah. even yeah. A, a I, date I forgot it, but so I, I remember I it every make sure year. That's one of the greatest stuff. crimes of all time, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, greatest yeah, generation. Yeah. You got your fucking ambassador uh, talking to ours, and 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 right up until the point of the attack, and whatever. Could you imagine? I mean, being as as Americans, we don't. You know, right. sometimes we don't. We can't even imagine parachutes coming down right, right now or right. something. I mean, these were planes yeah. on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into some crime time for Friday. Everybody, we love y'all. Let's do it. All right, and we're starting off in Louisiana, a Baker Walmart employee. And y'all, Baker is kind of like an outskirt of Baton Rouge. Yeah, but still part of Baton Rouge. Still part of Baton Rouge. And a and a Walmart employee there has been arrested after giving away thousands of dollars worth of electronics to customers without taking money for the transactions. Nice. Why couldn't I have been his customer? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, Quindell Ellis, 21, is accused of organized retail theft and theft over $25,000. The investigation started Friday, December 1st, when Walmart security officials contacted police. Ellis was seen on multiple occasions taking electronics and giving them away to supposed customers. Ellis would give a receipt to allude to the that the customer actually paid for the merchandise. However, surveillance footage from the store showed Ellis taking electronics from the cage, supplying it to customers with the items uh, uh, receipt, but actually never taking any credit, debit card, or cash. Hmm. So it was basically a piece of paper he's handed right. to him, an old receipt, right? Uh, some of the items given away include gaming devices, laptops, and headphones. Yep. The Walmart employee was arrested and booked into the East Baton Rouge Parish Prison, and law enforcement said at this point in the investigation they've come up with about $16,000 worth of stolen goods from Walmart, but police are waiting for more documents to be submitted from Walmart that will bring the total amount to $35,502.55. Yeah, and then Walmart has a shit ton of cameras. Shit ton. And they have, let me tell you this, um, they have actually a state-of-the-art loss control department at yes. every Walmart. Yes. Uh, the, there's six, seven, eight guys in there that are the size of uh, – you know, Tony Mandarich, for yep. those of you that go, can go way back in the day. Um, and they are very skilled. A lot of them are off-duty police officers. And they're, and they're natural. They're undercover. Yeah. They just walk around and watch things. But yep. let me tell you something about Walmart that y'all don't know. 
that when they do the speaker system, if they say secu- security scan zone 3F or whatever, that's fake. Yep. That's just uh, that and people that are in their shoplifting, they don't know what zone they're in and whatever, and they're like, holy shit, they're scanning. And so they put the stuff back. Sorry, yeah, nah. sorry, Walmart. I just saw juice the fuck out. They 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 actually yeah, have they just, actually gave away their secret sauce. <laughs> they actually have fake customers that I mean fake. Uh, yeah, well, they're fake customers that walk around. They're actually yeah, lost control they people, lost control. and and yeah. you know they're they're looking. And then, what are you putting so condoms the in your in, in, in your wallet for? And like I told y'all, and Mike's been so adamant about these thefts and all that and you too Jim I've been in the retail industry but the um, and I really didn't get it until I went into a Dollar General store and, and everything's locked up but Walmart has enough money and they you know paying those guys the undercover money is is stopping enough uh, yeah it's it, paying them is worth their while right yeah there's, there's no I, doubt I'll tell you something Walmart, I don't give a fuck if you steal a piece of bubble gum. I'll tell you the other policy, you get caught stealing, they're they're it's in their policy that you get cuffed in the back of the store and you get marched the basically a yes. perp walk through the whole store. You know oh, why? Yeah. It's a deterrent. Yeah. There's no no sneaking them out the back door. Fuck you, you're going out the front door the way you came in and cuss. So. Well, I feel a little bad for Quindell. I mean, he's basically playing Santa Claus and uh, he could, you know, be out in Los Angeles doing what he's doing at uh, any number of stores and be a hero. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's going to go do some jail time. He's going to do some jail time. Sure. Real life, real crime people. And here it comes. Um, Horrible story. Uh, A man has been arrested in connection with a series of shootings that killed at least six people and injured two police officers and extended across multiple cities. Shane James, 34, was booked in the Travis County Jail. And y'all know this well. I lived in Austin for uh, quite an extended period of time and went back there to teach um, two weeks every year. But it's Travis County Jail in the early hours of Wednesday on four counts of capital murder. And in Texas, y'all, capital murder means the death penalty. The gunman came to the attention officers when he shot at a uh, shot a school resource officer in the leg close to the football field of Northeast Early College High School just before noon. This prompted a school lockdown, which lasted for four hours. And less than an hour later, the gunman went to a home in South Austin and shot a handyman who was sitting in a car. He, and he shot him through the window. After the gunfire broke out, a woman came outside who was then chased by the gunman down the street. He caught her and he killed her, right? Oh my God. The suspect then returned to the handyman's car and threw, threw his body to the pavement, being the handyman, and stole the vehicle. The next incident occurred around 5 p.m. when a cyclist was shot and wounded. He was rushed to a local hospital with nine life-threatening injuries. Officers called up with the gunman after receiving reports of a burglary at the Austral Loop in the southwest part of Austin just before 7 p.m., the gunman shot and injured a second police officer before fleeing. The officer's injuries are not considered life-threatening. A 12-year veteran officer shot at the suspect but didn't hit him. She's been placed on an admin leave as per protocol, y'all, anytime there's a shooting while, while they investigate it. The suspect fled the scene that led police on a high-speed chase. It, um, it ended after around 15 minutes with the suspect crashing his car at the intersection of State Highway 45 and FM 
1826. And for you, those of you who don't know that are not from Texas, FM means Farm to Market Highway. That's what they, they title them. Um, but the suspect was armed and police arrested him. And when police returned to the home where the burger had been reported, they found the bodies of two more oh. people. AISD police and Austin police did not put out a community-wide alert, but a description of the suspect for residents to be on the alert. In San Antonio's Bear, not Bexar County, I'll thank you to the life for correcting us on that. Uh, Sheriff Javier Salazar said that the couple who were found dead were well-known in the community. Salazar has described the murders as grisly. Um, all murders are grisly. Says officials think the pair were killed prior to the shootings in Austin. Now, y'all, Bear County is, 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 you know, basically San Antonio. So that's about hour and a half, two hours uh, south of, of Austin. But he did not give the cause of the death, but said that it was the as a result of a, a violent encounter. The couple's bodies were uh, placed as they were pressed up against the door. Law enforcement was called to the scene after receiving a report about leaking water. Investigators believe the gunman struck a pipe. After the shootings in Austin, officials in the city's police department communicated to counterparts in San Antonio, and again, y'all, that's a long ways away, that the suspect was linked to the home in San Antonio where the couple who were in their 50s were killed. Neighbors claimed that the people who lived in the Austin home had only moved in days earlier, adding that he recently brought cookies and apologized for any disruptions the construction caused. Right? It's crazy. That uh, I mean, you can't fault these police departments being hours away from not knowing what's going on, and especially when you work in these active um, you know, crimes like this. And this guy's on... You know, in South Austin, and he's in this part of Austin. Shit, Austin's huge. And and you got Round Rock and, and North Austin, and, and it's all considered Austin, uh, but it's it's just a massive rolling crime scene, and it takes a minute for everything to get tied together. You know? Yeah, and it's grown so much. Austin, yeah. even in the last three years, you know, one, one a of lot of favorite, people from California. One of my favorite there. places on, on, on earth, uh, Austin, Texas. And God be with these people and these families. And who knows why this idiot did what he did. And, and thank, thankfully at least the two police officers are going to live. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just a rampage that doesn't on paper look like, there's a plan, right? There. It's just, it's just here. There, I'm sure we'll and we will update you, um, you know, as, as it comes out because more is going to come out about it. And, but I don't know, crazy, real life, real crime people. Absolutely. Well, I've been waiting a long time. Actually, I've been waiting since Thanksgiving of 2022 for something to happen with this case. In fact, this case. So long ago that it predates the creation of our segments and right. by board bylaws, mm -hmm. it's a grandfathered in story. So this would normally have been a mile high crime, but right. it was originally. But, oh, yeah. Actually, no, it was not. I covered it. No, you yeah. didn't. Yes, I did. we did. No, I I, oh, you it was my covered. story okay. before we had mile well, high crime as a okay. segment. I thought I thought I covered it. Which is why. I might have to go double check. Which is why I've, really? I've, I've actually I'm going to have to refer to the transcript. <laughs> <laughs> Do some further investigation. <laughs> um, I've actually 
been in and out of MSY so often lately that I have there asked people. International. Uh, I have asked people. I have yet to find somebody who right. you know was there that day and knew anything about it. But <laughs> lo and behold. The gift that keeps giving or the gift that hasn't given in a while finally has given. So the story I'm talking about is the drunken, loudmouth niece of Chris Christie who got booted off of a Spirit Airlines flight Thanksgiving of 2022. She's finally back in the news. And the niece of – so funny. The article is calling presidential hopeful. I I think that might be just a little bit of a stretch. But (laughs) – but certainly former New Jersey governor Chris Christie was handed down new charges a year plus after she was kicked off of a New Orleans flight during a drunken, drug-induced Thanksgiving Day meltdown. The Jefferson Parish District Attorney filed charges against Shannon Epstein on Monday relating to her being kicked off an early morning Spirit Airlines flight from New Orleans to Uh, Newark, New Jersey, back on November 24th of 2022. Epstein, 26 at the time, was charged with one felony count of resisting police by force or violence and two misdemeanor counts of disturbing the peace by public intoxication. Uh, The meltdown occurred at Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport, MSY, as the Newark-bound flight was taxiing for takeoff. That's when Epstein allegedly asked a Latino family sitting near her whether they were smuggling cocaine. She asked them whether they were mules smuggling cocaine. She then allegedly shouted at officers and refused to get off the jetway. At one point, she broke free as officers tried to handcuff her, forcing cops to block her path. After she was placed in cuffs, she continued kicking, spitting on deputies, attempting to break free, cursing at them. Seven deputies were forced to strap Epstein to a wheelchair after she refused to get off the jetway and showed unusual strength. That's a quote from one of them. While uh, foaming at the mouth and fighting the cops. While the deputies engaged with her, she name dropped her famous political uncle and former President Donald Trump. Are you serious? Do you know who I am? Epstein screamed, according to the report. I'm related to some very powerful people, and I need to get back on that plane in New Jersey. Do you know who I am? I'm Chris Christie's daughter, and you're so effed. You will lose your job over this shit. I know Donald Trump, she screamed. Um, well, she may know Trump, but she's apparently unaware that Trump and her uncle don't exactly get along these days. So at one point, police tackled Epstein to the floor uh, and uh, before she bit one officer on the bicep and tore his skin off of that bicep. Apparently, her appetite is just as voracious as her uncle's. She was arrested on six counts of battery of a police officer, three counts of disturbing the police, one of resisting arrest by force. She was booked and released on that same day at Jefferson Parish Correctional Center on $10,750 bond. If convicted on these new charges, she could face a minimum of one year in prison, maximum of three Let's put this little darling away for a couple of years. What do you think? Hey, um, shout out to our fans. And I can't remember your names. And y'all know I'm bad with names that they are the Latino or Mexican or what, what are you want to call them? Hispanic that came to the crew bash last year. And they, the first thing they, well, they actually, they came to the VIP party the night before and the crew bash. And the, um, they came up 
and took the pictures and gave me hugs. And yeah. she she said, "I just want to let you know, I'm not a drug uh, drug, <laughs> drug mule." Talking about the story that we covered. On, uh, I remember that's that. awesome. So, but yeah, what I mean, a nut job this girl. Exactly. Well, she thought her uh, her big name was going to get her off. Yeah, well, shame on her. Shame on her. Yeah. She forgot where hey, she was. She, she can't be a, that big of a name if you're flying Spirit Airlines. <laughs> that's right. That's the, By the, the way, worst airline yeah. in the United States. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on Spirit tomorrow, boys. Really? Sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Might be covering another mile high crowd. It's going to be Mike telling people, you know who I am. You know who I am. I'm host Mike, RRC Daily. Ago <laughs> Cam will be rolling. All right. All right. Well, um, we're going to get a polk. County. Hope County. Hey, Hope County. Go. And look, sometimes you come across these stories and you're like, oh. right. you <laughs> if there it. was anything that was in Jim Chapman's lane, this next story is it. And that is an employee at Sherwin Williams mm. was caught on camera stealing up to 300 gallons of paint. This, according to the Polk County Sheriff's Office, uh, the sheriff's office says Grinaldi Corolazia, 34, was arrested on Monday with grand theft and dealing in stolen property after he was caught loading the stolen paint into customers' vehicles. No transaction was completed, and the customer was seen on security footage handing Corolazia cash during the exchange. During an interview with Sherman Williams Loss Prevention Regional Manager, Corzia reportedly confessed to stealing approximately $47,000 in paint wow. between January and November of 2023. Corzia initialed next to each missing paint gallon on an inventory sheet. When asked why, Corzia said he needed money to provide for his family and that the customers would give him what they could during the transactions. Woo. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about this. This is more common than the common cold in the paint business, and it's That's known. Like, I, mean, I, I was going to ask you that. I just very, very that, happens that, all that the time. Yeah. yeah, the very common. If you wonder why paint is so expensive, it's assholes like this. And it is uh, it occurs at, at all paint stores. It's known as selling paint out the back door. And yeah. what they basically do is they might have 10 gallons of uh, paint. They load it in a vehicle. The contractor that they've made friends with over the last six they months like slides cash. them like half in cash right. and nobody says anything. This guy had a whole That's scheme great. going where he was keeping track, basically, of what he was giving away. So when Sherman right. Williams would do inventories on that uh, interior latex flat paint, uh, he would he would have, oh, I've already given away nine of these, so whatever my total is on that pallet, I'm going to add nine to it. Right. So the inventory was coming out right. Right, right. That's how he got away with it for almost a year. That's crazy, bro. But what happened was, one day, somebody else counted that paint. Right. And they were like, wait a minute, we're 900 pails right. short. The other the other crime here that you may not have picked up on was three hundred gallons of paint would cost you forty seven thousand right. dollars. Now, is there something wrong in that story? There's no way it, it was either he stole more paint or it was less money because right. three hundred gallons of paint 
is not forty seven thousand dollars, people. Yeah. That's that's it. What's a gallon of paint cost? I mean, you're looking at about an average. Well, at Sherman Williams, at you're probably looking at an average about sixty bucks a gallon at most. Um, uh, most paint stores, uh, you know, you're probably looking at about thirty dollars a gallon, thirty five. But um, uh, no matter what, you, you could sell it for a hundred dollars a gallon. It's gonna not gonna add up to forty seven thousand dollars. Had a pretty sweet gig while you had it, right? Yeah, he really did. And and we actually, um, I used to work for a paint company for twenty plus years. Right. And I'll tell you a quick story about a guy that we caught at one point and what he was doing. We have one of the best managers we probably ever had in the company. Uh, his his store that he was in control of did about $3 million in business a year. Wow, a lot of Never did he have a bad inventory. This guy was a rock star. Uh, worked for us for 20 years. One day, an uh, employee called, and he said, man, I found a list in a drawer. And he calls the owner of the company. The owner of the company says, um, what is it? He says, it's like an inventory list. This dude was so good at stealing that he had been stealing for like five years and had kept track of every single gallon he ever stole. So they, the good thing about that is you can add it up and see how much money he's stolen. And it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they did another inventory and they were missing like three quarters of the store and paint that that they thought was in there. Yeah. So I was thinking, I mean, if this guy was, uh, was keeping, track and then he was the one doing the inventory and adding the numbers back that's fine it would have matched an inventory but the financials would have been way off well but not necessarily because you're assuming the paint's still in the store so so you're assuming that paint is still in the store and it hadn't been sold so unless you go in there and physically count it Right. And he was, right, right, you know, you're right. trusted. You're the store manager. So nobody's going to go behind you and, and count it until the end of the year. At the end of the year inventory, two people count it. But uh, until that time, which he didn't, that's probably how they caught him. That 11-month point was probably yeah. around when they did their end-of-year inventory, and somebody went behind him and recounted. Well, and, and his plan right. was probably to, you know, quit and go somewhere else before he got caught yeah. and oh he had a scheme keep, keep going it, keep it going for what long? makes me sick about that whole thing <laughs> is the statement that he said he had a family he was trying to take care of let me tell you something guys in paint stores that mix paint make a ton of money people a ton of yeah. money uh you're talking 20 to 25 dollars an hour to start most of those guys at that company the world has become a smaller place and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show. And that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. 
Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, he didn't need the money. He, he 16, was being greedy. He had 16 kids, though. Well, hey, y'all. <laughs> no idea. He didn't need that money. He, I'm going off. Sherman Williams stock. I'm going off script. And oh, he, you got breaking news, Woody? Yeah, well, I, I should have started with this, and I'm remiss for not doing it. The uh, I'm a, y'all don't know what I'm about to do, but it's very important, and you know we need to cover it because it's real life, real crime, right? The, um, so yesterday, uh, many may have heard uh, uh, by now, but there was an active shooter at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas with multiple dead victims. And it said police at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, responded Wednesday to an active shooter. UNLV posted on X that police were responding to an active shooter at Frank and Stella Beam Hall, which was the college, college's business school. Police said the suspect is dead, adding that three victims died and another is in stable condition. They said there's no more threat to the community and the suspect is deceased. Right now, we know there are three victims but unknown the extent of the injuries. That number could change. Um, university officials told students to run, hide, fight, and said police were responding to additional reports of shots fired in the student union on campus. FBI agents were assisting local law enforcement area on the scene. And McHill stated at a press conference that the first 911 calls were placed at 11.45 a.m. He said the two police officers were treated for minor injuries from searching campus rooms and buildings, and two detectives who initially responded engaged the lead shooter and fired their weapons, and the suspect was killed. Good. McHill said there could have been many more lives taken without the actions of the officers who initially responded and their heroes. Importantly, uh, there was a gathering just outside the building where the students were playing games and eating food. And if it hadn't been for the heroic actions of one of these police officers who responded, there could have been countless additional lives taken. Armed confrontation of the suspect with law enforcement stopped the suspect's further actions. UNL uh, be announced to remain the closer Wednesday. They still responded to preliminary reports of the active shooter on campus. Uh, y'all, this is just... This, this is ongoing stuff, and it's just horrible. Uh, and want to bring it to y'all. My son, my um, my oldest son, graduates Saturday from college, and this is a time in these kids' lives when you're supposed to be able to enjoy yourselves, et cetera. And some asshole once again shows up, and, and he would have killed a lot more than three people, mm. right? And so our hearts go out to everybody, and 
They, I don't know what kind of world we're living in today. We should have brought you this story first. I apologize. But um, there you have it. And thankfully, this asshole is dead. Not related to any kind of protests that are going on or anything they, they, like that. They, they it seems it's too early to say, but I, I reckon they brought the FBI in for a reason. You know, kids are just gathered outside the business. I wish my son is graduating in business and, and um, they're, they're having eats and treats and probably, you know, the last gathering, like my son took his photo yesterday, posted the last photo of his last day of class, and which would have probably been their last day of class too. And they're celebrating and now they're dead. Let's uh, let's go back to Colorado for a story that had us all aghast that continues to uh, evolve a little bit. It uh, it involves this couple who promised grieving families a natural burial for their loved ones. They will finally be going on trial charged with leaving corpses stacked for years in their unrefrigerated compound outside of Denver. The owners, John and Carrie Halford, faced 250 charges of forgery, theft, money laundering, and abuse of a corpse after nearly 200 decaying bodies were discovered at their Return to Nature funeral home in Colorado Springs. Back in October, we first reported about investigators discovering the abhorrent conditions at the supposedly eco-friendly funeral services provider. Police discovered 190 bodies abandoned in rooms where human decomposition fluids and insects lined the floors. Relatives who had paid at least $1,300 or more for an eco-friendly cremation and the promise of a tree planting in the Colorado National Forest were allegedly handed concrete dust rather than ashes while their loved ones were uh, shelved and forgotten about. For four years, I've marched all over the country with this urn, believing it was my son, said Christina Page, whose 20-year-old son David was shot and killed back in 2019. My son has been laying there rotting for four years. It's the most horrendous feeling I've ever had in my life. County coroners worked around the clock for a week in a bid to identify the bodies after the property was raided back on October 4th. DNA testing had to be used on many due to the state of the bodies before they were returned to their families. To say my family is horrified and enraged and enraged is an understatement, says Lindsay Marr, uh, when she discovered her grandmother, Young Anderson, uh, was among the dead. My grandma's last wishes were to be cremated and have her ashes spread in the ocean. It turns out the ashes were received from Return to Nature were... Uh, the ashes that people received was were actually a concrete dust, and uh, this particular woman's grandma's body uh, was abandoned, like all the others in the building the entire time. But the uh, they falsified, you know, grandma's death certificate and handed the grieving family this concrete dust. The company. Uh, open for business back in 2017, offering this natural way of caring for your loved ones. But by the time of the raid, it owed more than $120,000 in unpaid bills and had been repeatedly taken to court over unpaid wages and disputes with local medical centers. The operating license for the business expired in November, um, uh, and uh, the state uh, has very little regulation over funeral homes, so no routine inspections or Qualification requirements uh, really exist for operators. Relatives said they raised their suspicions with the owners, but were, you know, 
cast aside each time, given different excuses. When the family of retired Army officer Tanya Wilson received her ashes, her brother Elliot thought they were unusually heavy and confronted Carrie Halford, one of the owners. Jesse, of course, Jesse, of course, this is your mother. She, uh, uh, she told him when he took the ashes to a nearby funeral director, he was told they looked nothing like human ashes. The two families were so suspicious, they mixed the ashes with water and found that they solidified, which is how they figured out that this was the cement. So they finally have uh, uh, this trial started for these people, and they are going to put them away for a long, long time. We need to have Roy uh, and the Christians on one day. I would like to first of all find out how they got in. To, to being such professionals and starting parish forensics in Louisiana Pet Crematory, et cetera. But I would love to hear um, their idea. You know, we seem to do they've a lot of probably it. We, seen we it all and heard it all over the years. Yeah. And, and they probably could tell us a few stories about stuff like that and, and why they, they're the, such the professionals that they are. But let me go back. And this is a little bit off topic, but not really um, cement. Let's talk about this for a second. We were setting posts recently, right? And the I don't know Dick about setting posts uh, or construction of anything. So basically, I was the laborer, and I'm moving all these cement bags, all right? And I'm like, why in the fuck is this bag so heavy? Because it's 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 a smaller bag. I'm like, I'm used to carrying corn sacks, that, you know, for feeders, mm-hmm. and they're 50 pounds each, right? And they're a lot bigger than this. And I asked my buddy, and you know, who's run, running the uh, installation of everything, and I said, why in the fuck are these bags so heavy? Look, I, I carried like five times my body weight in cement bags that day. Yeah. And he said, he said, I'll put it to you like this. He said, I, I asked the same thing when I was a young man coming up. My grandfather was working me, and my grandfather said, I want you to take your dick out and and go get get a, a sack of corn and open it up and a sack of cement and open it up and put your dick in the in the corn and put your dick in the cement and see which one which one it penetrates in easier because <laughs> the cement is really really compacted and it makes sense it's 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 a heavier material and it's really really compacted that's why the bag is so much smaller but it weighs thirty pounds heavier it's eighty pound sacks. And they're like this big, and the and a fifty pound sack of corn is like this big. So density, 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 density. That's it. That's what the word I was looking for. Well, I, <laughs> look, I, I think I, I didn't. Think I, this... By the way, I didn't try to put my dick in. I took his work. I took his you work. Stopped at. short of slamming it into the concrete. Well, look, I think that most people just, at least I would, kind of assume that people operating in that industry are people of integrity, but you can't assume that. Uh, uh, And, you know, we've, there's this story, but there's numerous others we've covered over time where there are a lot of people who don't operate like Louisiana Funeral Services and Roy and the Christians do. And that's why, you know, it's important and it's great to have a sponsor like them, but it's important for everyone in the audience to know that when you're dealing with, whether it's a pet or a loved one, uh, you want to know you're dealing with credible people. And I'm going to tell you the we. I'm going to go on limb to say that we can go mobile one day and go out there and actually record an episode from there, and they can sit in with us. These people are people that Jim 
has used recently with his um, deceased pet and stuff like that, and and we actually believe in them, and and it blows my mind that they're the. Um, Parish Forensics is the only place in the state of Louisiana that you can get an independent autopsy and stuff. I know autopsies, right? And the, the, I just think we need to go. I, we put our money where our mouth is when it comes to people that we know personally, where it's not just another ad for us, right? That uh, if I ever need their services, then, then I'm going there. You know, I passed a place the other day. It was a, a funeral home and said, basically said cheap, Funerals starting at like twelve ninety five. Oh my god! Complete funerals. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't want my whole funeral to be done for twelve ninety five. But anyway, with that Royal wow. Christmas, we love y'all and and thank you for supporting us. And hey, if y'all need anything, if you have any questions about something, give them a call. Yeah, and when we come up, Jim has volunteered to go through a partial live autopsy just to no, to illustrate yeah. and, and yeah. uh you we'll know take what? just a small I, order. I, I, I would negative. I would put you two in the room in an autopsy and I'm gonna take bets on which ones are gonna run out first. I'm gonna They're puke gonna first, but um I don't think you I'll have run to out. be a true professional uh to do that and, and to care enough to do it correctly. So anyway, we're moving on. Rest easy. Rest easy. All right, we're going uh we're going to California. Calabasas. Calabasas. California. And uh, I'm going to tell you a story. And look, there's going to be a video that we're going to put on Facebook that, well, if it don't piss you off, you're not a human. So this one you messed me last night. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pipe bomb on his ass. (laughs) I did. Uh, Disturbing security footage shows a man sucker punch another man who was pushing a child in a stroller on Tuesday. The victim called the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department around 5.42 p.m. on Tuesday to report the incident. A video shows the attacker walking up to the victim and hitting him squarely in the face with a left hook. The victim falls to the ground and the stroller tumbles over. His assailant then gets into a minivan parked in a driveway that incidentally does not belong to him and drives away. The victim eventually stumbles back to his feet and uprights the stroller. It's unclear if the child, a 10-month-old, was injured in the fall. Neighbors are understandably shaken and say they do not know the identity of that attacker. Uh, It feels really random. This is a safe neighborhood, and we're all just absolutely horrified that from one neighbor uh, another one said the man who was attacked is a very nice community member. He has a beautiful home. People know who he is, and the baby is an innocent victim. So this was in a neighborhood that it actually looked very affluent by the cameras. They're right. very nice uh, neighborhood. It, w- it was not somewhere where you would assume something like this would occur. Uh, the attacker was wearing a dark colored T-shirt, jeans, and a backward-facing baseball cap. He had a parked. He had parked his minivan in a driveway of a neighbor's home, uh, and investigators took a report and are actively looking for this guy. Now we do have the raw video, and we're going to post that on the Facebook page. It's uh, it's actually from a Nest camera, so it's not one of these news reports where we're just taking video from the news report. So you're going to want to check that out. And it is, you know, it's just something you're going to see and you're going to be like, what the hell is wrong with people? You can see from the camera that he gets out of this van. He hits this guy for what appears like is absolutely no reason. Gets back in his van and just drives off. 
And uh, so look for that on the Facebook page. You, you know what I, I got out of it, besides pissed off, is that that stroller could have rolled out into the street and, and, and that baby could have been killed. I mean, the it's just yeah, that, or the baby could have rolled out and cracked its head or whatever. I mean, it, it's one thing you just get out and sucker punch somebody just because you're being stupid. But why do you got to pick a dude with a stroller? Yeah. Well, and you know, we talked about this the other day when we had the uh, the folks with that 7 Series BMW in mm, right. uh, in Granada Hills, which isn't far from uh, Calabasas. But Calabasas is a really, really uh, uh, nice, expensive suburb of uh, L.A. And most of those neighborhoods are gated neighborhoods. And I don't know if this one in particular was or, or wasn't. I'll have to look at the at the video. But you know, we're the crime is coming to places like that. It's scary, but it is. Yeah, it, it it's absolutely disturbing. And you know, the only thing you can hope is that this guy tries this again, but he tries it with the wrong person, and they light him up like the Fourth of July. Uh, you know what? I just I wish I wish that idiot would on me. I promise you, he may have knocked me to the ground, but he's going to get some bullet holes in him. Spring a leak? Spring a leak. Yeah. Kill him good. All right. <laughs> let's go to uh, Virginia. All right. A Virginia man is presumed dead after his house exploded just as cops tried to serve a search warrant. The man, James Wu, 56, had a history of promoting conspiracy theories and filing frivolous lawsuits. You, or yo, however you say his name, fired a flare-type gun from inside his Arlington home into the neighborhood more than 30 times at about 4.45 p.m. on, on Monday. Let me tell you something. Those flares are not inexpensive, people, and he's just sitting in his house firing off flare guns. 35 times? Uh, that's, 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 it's absolutely I mean, insane. I mean, you are fucking begging. 35 right? times. So when police tried to execute search warrant and breached his door, he you fired several gunshots. A few hours later, the house exploded into a huge fireball that spewed flames and debris hundreds of feet into the air. That video is unbelievable. Really? Yeah, I mean, we, boom, we, that house just... We could post that. We need to post it. But investigators have not yet identified human remains found inside the house, but all facts are indicated as the body of you or yo, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, um, I suspect that's because he blew his own ass up along with the house. But a disturbing picture has since emerged uh, of you with police confirming they were aware of concern in social media posts. He publicly aired grievances against many people in his life, including his wife, whom he called a witch, and saying she had him committed without his consent. He also posted paranoid rants about his neighbors and a former co-worker. He spread rambling uh, and at times incoherent, incoherent conspiracy theories against government officials, law enforcement, media outlets, and his neighbors whom he accused of being spies and collecting his personal information. He filed lawsuits against his ex-wife, his younger sister, and a moving company and the New York Supreme Court, and all of them were dismissed. And in 2018, he filed a 163-page federal lawsuit in New York against his then-wife, younger sister, in a hospital uh, after he said he was committed against his will. And he denied having any thoughts of suicide or depression, claimed his wife had forged a suicide note in the lawsuits, 
And the geologist goes on and on about all the stupid shit this idiot did. Like, he also spewed anti-U.S. Uh, slogans, including fuck America. Mm. Yeah, um, he described himself as a former head of information and physical security for an international telecommunication company. And he said, I gave them or y'all every opportunity to do the right thing. And all I see is America's hypocrisy. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, corruption, fraud, conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Fuck him. He's dead. Uh, That's right. And thank God nobody else got killed. Um, I mean, it's it. I mean, he blew himself up. Probably mm, they were right to have him committed. Probably they were trying to show him a little love, and he fucked it all up. Well, and they think, I mean, they were on him. The FBI was on him, was yeah, watching well, him yeah. for a while, yeah. and they think he might have been up to something. Yeah, Pretty sure significant, and 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 I'm sure he was. I mean, the 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 um, he had enough in there to blow the whole house and himself up, and thank God none of the cops got hurt. So well, and it's scary because at one point this guy had high level job, so obviously really yeah. well educated, yeah. everything else, and then no. he he just went freaking nuts. Yep, yeah. happens. Yep. People go crazy. It's happening to me. That's why we have medical professionals. That's right. <laughs> yes, it is. No matter you, how you, long you have to get Sam before you find out what your fucking problem is. That's right. You guys big uh, Paris Hilton fans? Um, not a fan. fan of movies. But, I mean, I saw the Her movie. movies. I saw the movie. Oh, I saw the movie. The guy was doing. I think she only made one movie. Well, then uh, I saw it, and and looks. If there was, a, if there was ever a more disrespectful thing, I've never seen it. Not the fact it was that it was a home shop porn. It was the fact that the guy was having intercourse with her behind, and she just had this look on her face, like, "Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm so fucking bored." Like, for me. <laughs> That for dude. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that video to come out if I was him. Yeah. I bet she – well, here's a little-known fact. So uh, she's got to be a little bit jealous of the Kardashians because Kim Kardashian is basically her understudy. Yeah, I think Kardashian <laughs> came out way afterwards. Yeah. But got, got all the training. I, I've never seen get, Got all the training from, uh, from Hilton and then made – uh, 50 times the fortune that Hilton did, although Hilton already I've had never family. seen the Kardashian. Have you seen it? No, I don't watch it. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're such a liar. I, I, look, I, I will. You've never seen I will give to you an audit of my Bravo uh, shows that I, I watch. I your OnlyFans account. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I never watch I that. I still can't log in at some bitch. I tried again the other Okay, day. we'll talk about that in a little bit. Anyway. They send me a confirmation email and never, it never comes through. <laughs> Paris Hilton's ex business partner. Um, and notorious con man, Prince Fred, has been charged. This is an unbelievable, this is the con man getting conned. It's great. Uh, so this is her ex-business partner. He's a notorious con man who goes by the name Prince Fred. And he has been charged in a murder for hire plot after offering his bodyguard money to kill a director. Fredoin Kalilian, known as Prince Fred, was arrested for ordering an alleged hit job on a filmmaker who planned to expose the con man in a documentary. Kalilian is a former Florida nightclub owner who opened Club Paris alongside the Queen of Socialites in 2005. So he opened the club with Paris Hilton. In addition to cozying up to Paris Hilton, the self-proclaimed prince claimed to be a Middle East of Middle Eastern royalty 
in order to rub shoulders with other stars such as Demi Lovato, Usher, Drake, and others. On Wednesday, prosecutors announced that Kalilian, now 51, was charged with orchestrating a murder-for-hire plot after the prince offered his bodyguard, a guy by the name of Michael Sherwood, $20,000 to kill his filmmaker nemesis, a guy by the name of Juan Esco. A 53-page complaint was filed against the social climbing con man in the U.S. District Court in Nevada. Prosecutors allege that Kalilian paid Sherwood to kill Esco to prevent the release of the filmmaker's scathing documentary expose that sought to reveal Kalilian's long list of lies, scams, and swindles. Around the time of February 2022, Kalilian told his security guard that Esco was trying to ruin his life with this documentary, so Sherwood offered to talk to both men to avoid further conflict. Sherwood grew suspicious of his boss's severe mood swings and became alarmed by Fred's fixation on Esco, who the security guard decided was not that bad a guy. Sherwood initially agreed to Kalilian's 20 grand offer, but instead he went directly to Esco to warn him that Prince Fred's intentions uh, were to have him killed and told him about the attempt to pay him the 20 grand. And the two teamed up against the con artist. So those two teamed up to con the con artist. On March 17th, Sherwood photographed Esco laying, quote, dead on the ground with a pool of blood surrounding him. So they faked the death of Esco. He sent those photos on to Kalilian, who responded by immediately paying the guy, Sherwood, the $20,000 for killing Esco. Six days later, he sent more money to Sherwood to pay for the people that had been hired to get rid of the body another $12,500. The con man didn't stop there. He later followed up with a phone call to Sherwood where he told the bodyguard about others he thought had been working with Esco that he had allegedly, uh, that he was allegedly keen to deal with. In other words, keen to have killed. Kalilian and Sherwood met on June 12th and the con man thanked his employee for committing the crime on his behalf, allegedly telling him, I was going to kill him myself. I bought a gun. I was coming to LA. You saved me from myself. The swindler was arrested by the FBI shortly after, and he remained incarcerated as his case was investigated, and uh, he is going away for a long time, and it all uh, was a result of uh, a con man having the con turned on him by the guy he hired, almost a murder uh, uh, hitman uh, .com uh, uh, murder story. All right. He should go away. Fuck him. That's right. That's what happens. Right. Mess with Paris Hill. No, this guy. No, it wasn't just Paris. This guy pulled off some big frauds. I mean, he stole a bunch of money from a Native American tribe, nine $9 million in it. He scammed Native Americans out of. He scammed another $4 million out of some people in in Miami. He's he's going bye-bye. That's right. We got a super cop coming at you. Hadn't had this one. Hadn't had this one in a while. We'd like to switch it up every now and then. Keep you on your toes. And a hero off-duty Port Authority cop Mm. plucked three people from a fiery upstate wreck on his way home from work on Monday. Police officer Kevin Columba, 35, a seven-year veteran of the force and captain with the Warwick Fire Department, and he has 17 years under his belt there. So he, he started young. He must have been 18 
You know, had just finished his midnight shift at the George Washington Bridge when he came upon this head-on crash around 7 a.m. on Monday. Columba jumped into action, pulling one driver, pulling the driver of one vehicle to safety before turning to two people in the second car as flames began to engulf the vehicle. The cop pulled the second driver through the driver's window as the fire spread, with an injured woman still trapped in the passenger seat of the burning wreck. Undaunted, Columba yelled for the woman to cover her face and used a punch-out tool to break out the glass, then yanked the passenger to safety as well. The Tuxedo Fire Department then arrived to douse the flames. All three victims were rushed to the hospital, and all are expected to survive. Whether on duty or off-duty, Port Authority police officers are committed to their oath and put themselves before others. This from the PA Police Benevolent Association President Frank Conti. Police officer Columba saved two people's lives and and his own uh, on his own by quick action, and uh, he he said that Columba is assigned to the George Washington Bridge. The Union Chief was not the only one giving the hero cop a shout out. We are proud of our son Kevin, his mother said on X. He is so dedicated to his job as a police officer and a firefighter. We don't know how he does it. He would be the first one to run towards danger without hesitation. He's a leader and a true inspiration. And, folks, he is definitely a super cop. And we're going to post uh, this super cop on the Facebook page. And I imagine some of the ladies may like it. He's a strapping young guy right. uh, and uh, and has done a wonderful job. And heroes every day that we love to honor. Yeah. Brings back to that couple months ago when I came on that head-on crash and the car was on fire, mm-hmm. and I was able to get the passenger out even though he was seized up. I'm pretty sure he's probably dead too. But the you I never found, you never found. I, huh? I called back on on Monday. I called that sheriff's office and dispatcher was like, "No, no, they they both live there. Married him to the hospital." I'm like, "No, the driver was dead." She said, no, no, they live. So I said, no, ma'am. I've dealt with a lot of dead bodies. He was dead, and the car was already engulfed in flames. I got the other guy. I just want to know if he lived. I don't, I'm not trying to leave my name or anything. But somebody else came in, and they <clears throat> one of the supervisors said, oh, no, the, the driver was definitely dead. And they airlifted that guy. We don't know to what hospital or whatever. But, mm-hmm. And then the car blew up as I was running away trying to get a fire extinguisher and burnt the hair off the back of my legs and said, ruin my shoes. But, you know, you either got it or you don't. And a punch-out tool they're talking about is one of these safety knives, which are basically like switchblades that cops are allowed to carry, and they have the point on the end of it. It's made mm. just to break glass. But shout-out to him. It takes balls. But I submit to you that he wasn't thinking about being a hero. He That's just right. did it because it's in, ingrained in his DNA. Well, shout-out shout to, to him. Heroes. Super cop. Super, Super cop. cop. This is one segment we never switch on. Right? It's time for everybody needs a little kinky. Can't go a day without a little kinky. Kinky crimes for Friday. All right, y'all. So it was an offer. Not one, but three officers could refuse. Could? Could. Could. Right? So a Florida woman arrested for drunken driving and possession of marijuana and cocaine 
offer repeatedly to perform oral sex on hey. three, right? And you got to you you try. Hey, if I had a dime for every, every female I arrested that offered to blow me or F me to, to let them go, I, I wouldn't be sitting there talking to you guys. <laughs> the, um, but anyway. You'd be dead from the, <laughs> from, from the, from the STDs you got. Yeah. <laughs> I might have gave them something. Uh, but anyway, a Florida woman arrested for drunken driving and possession of marijuana and cocaine offered repeatedly to form oral sex on three different officers if they would drop the charges. And that doesn't really work, people. I mean, it works on some of them. But, but when the cops reject her offer for an impromptu plea bargain, she was hit with three counts of bribery. Ariel Ingert, 24, was pulled over uh, on Monday in Pinellas County. Hey, Charlesburg County. Charged with drunken driving. She allegedly failed a series of field sobriety tests, and her blood alcohol level was .162, which is more than twice the legal limit. She also admitted she had a bag of weed in her purse. While being um, processed for the two crimes, she tried to play Let's Make a Deal with Deputy Brian <laughs> Sudbrink, and offered to form fellatio and other sacks if he dropped the charges. But it didn't work, and she was taken to the county jail where officers discovered a small bag of cocaine in the right side of her bra. That added felony charges of narcotics possession and introduction of contraband into the detention facility. And undeterred from her initial rejection, she then offered the same deal to deputies Obed Munoz and Eric Biddle. But when she was rejected again, police had three counts of bribery to the rap sheet. And look, we, we got to post this. And 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 Jim, I, I believe Jim is the one that does this. But this this one deserves to be posted. She's seen smiling in her booking photo, and she was released <laughs> after posting Bond Tuesday. And this booking photo is classic. It definitely is. I mean, it probably will work for her. Yeah. It probably worked for her at some point in time because there are assholes who do this. Look, look, I know I'm a, you know, you know what I say this story for another. I know, I, I know, a, I know a cop that did it and 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 on the way to jail and and did the, the female and knocked her up. Oh uh, yeah, God! Yeah. Well, oh. I knew, uh, say a former cop. Well, well she, she you bad. know, she might get away with something like that somewhere else, but. Not, not in Pinellas County. Not in Pinellas County. No. And, you know, I think we've done so many Pinellas County. Well, Pinellas County Story. has to make us like honorary members of their police force. Uh, I, I recognize <laughs> Brian Sudbrink has been, He's been in one the, of the officer in yeah. stories for, uh, with us before. Brian Sudbrink. Hey, if one of y'all know him, tell him the chief to give us a call. We'll come down to Pinellas That's County. That's right. Honorary badges. We'll needs, come down there and do all super cop He stores. needs to be doing some listening. All right. Yeah, Jim had a super cop, and we've got a super crook. Uh-oh. Frank Gallagher was down on his luck. He recently hitchhiked all the way from Chicago to L.A. He desperately tried to get a job, but the best he could score was a tips-only gig towel-drying and detailing cars at the Lakeside Car Wash. He was walking along Hollywood's Franklin Avenue late night when he spotted a man coming out of a restaurant alone. Gallagher followed the man for a block or two and then finally made his move. He pretended to have a gun inside his hoodie when he demanded the man's wallet and watch. The man forked them over, 
Gallagher grabbed the wallet and the watch and walked off quickly down Franklin. Unfortunately for Frank, the restaurant the man came out of isn't really a restaurant at all. It's actually a club, a club called the Magic Castle. Oh, the Magic Castle is a members-only exclusive club for the country's greatest magicians. Frank hadn't just robbed a man. He'd robbed the Flash, one of the fastest sleight-of-hand magicians on Earth. While Frank was taking his wallet, the Flash had grabbed Frank's wallet and cell phone from him at the same time. A few blocks away, Frank Gallagher realized both his phone and wallet were missing. He figured he must have dropped them in his angst to get away. As he approached the spot where he'd made the regrettable decision to rob, uh, to rob a pickpocket, the flash. Uh, uh, a flashlight from a Hollywood division officer lit up his face and a bullhorn cried out for him to get on his knees with his hands above his head. Well, as the first the, time he's heard that. As the, officer was, <laughs> as the officer was pulling away with Gallagher in the back of his patrol car, he pointed up the hill toward the magic castle. Do you know what that place is, he said to Gallagher? Gallagher looked up and took note of the rather large sign saying, the Magic Castle, home of the magicians. In that moment, Frank Gallagher put it all together in his head, and he could almost hear the sound of real-life, real-crime daily banjos playing in his dishonor. That has to be one of the stickiest stories I've ever heard. That was a good one. Unluckiest ever. I mean, you you got to know where you are, but... Uh, I know that place Prison, very well. Prisons full of dummies. I thought it was going to be like a swingers club or something. It's yeah. actually a really cool spot. Um, uh, it's hard to get in, but you got to do it way in advance. But you can they'll they'll uh, they'll let you do a birthday party there yeah. if you want. And I mean these and the magicians will come to your table yeah. and and do all kinds of stuff. And yeah, you got to check for your wallet and your keys before you get out of there. But that. Yeah. Not uh, not the right guy to try and rob. All right. Well, Woody Everton, any final thoughts? Yeah, I want, I want to tell everybody that um, Apple Podcasts has made some kind of changes to their stuff, and it's not to the benefit of podcasters. It's more to the benefit of the commercial industry, which unfortunately for all of us who love what we're doing, that is, is part of the business. So you, I need y'all to go and make sure and check that you are still subscribed um, and getting all your downloads. Yeah, okay? the, automatic uh, stuff. The automatic stuff. And so when you subscribe, one of the benefits of subscribing is anytime we put something out, you automatically get it downloaded to your device so you don't have to go searching for each independent episode. Once again, uh, it's not our fault, and but we want to make you all aware. So just take a moment and, and subscribe. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe and like and follow us. And if you're so inclined, leave us a review. And we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Mike? Headed to Palm Beach. Any aglets down there? Look me up. Hey, I got one more. Yep. Yesterday, or not yesterday, it would have been Wednesday, the Louisiana Appellate Court, First Circuit Court of Appeals, who heard David Anthony Burns um basically the whole trial again it, uh, on appeal and some months ago they came back all three justices confirmed 
David Anthony Burns conviction for the second degree murder of Courtney Coco. So thank you all lifers. Yes. And don't uh, please keep the family in your prayers that they're they're my heroes. That's awesome. Right. awesome is he dude. out of can he no. appeal anything? Oh, yeah, but he, uh, he can appeal now, but he has to have grounds to appeal now. He's he's already attacked everything. And one of the things he actually attacked was the podcast uh, uh, and said the whole thing came about because of the podcast, whatever. And I'll, I'll cover that later on. But he has to find some kind of new information now, something else to appeal upon, you know, to be able to appeal again. Right. Um, cancel Christmas, bitch. Uh, this would be your second <laughs> second Christmas in Angola, and you're going to spend the rest of your life there. There you have it. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Your host of Real Life Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Thanks,